Ah, just closing down. Good old no hugging, no learning satellite world headquarters for the for the year. It's been a great 2019. Just uh, wiping down the counters here in the old closet. Uh, and I, I, I'm I'm up here in Erie, Pennsylvania, closing down no hugging, no learning world headquarters, our main branch location. It's uh, it's definitely been a, a, a year for no hugging, yeah. no learning. Opening up a, a, a second satellite location. And uh, it, it's um, it, it's it, it's nice to kind of close the chapter on this year, you know. Yeah, and I, and I know we could be just you know closing down and wiping the counters of the separate locations without actually being connected. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm glad that we decided to you know just kind of clean in silence. But it's just nice knowing you're sort of there, Ted. Exactly. I gotta admit. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean, what, what's what, what's the point? What, why why wouldn't we do this? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep wiping down up here, and and uh, I'd rather not talk, but I, I'd rather I, I, it's nice knowing you're there, like okay. I said. But let's yeah, not I mean, talk. Yeah, I mean, we we can just like listen to each other, breathe into the microphones. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's what I, I'm so glad we're on the same page. All right. Hey, hey, pops. Well, oh. I'm sorry. Are you recording? Any- oh, Declan, it's okay. I know you've interrupted the last couple podcasts. So, uh, yeah. Now, what's up? What's going on, bud? I just I couldn't help you know. I was listening to some of the old episodes and. I was listening to last Christmas's episode, and when are you guys going to have Aaron back on the podcast? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, thanks for checking us out. Uh, I hope you left a five-star review. Yeah, five stars. Awesome. And But before, and yeah, Aaron's a great guy and everything, but have you always, when did you start speaking in complete sentences? Because you're like two and a half, and, and you know, before you're just like kind of crying and speaking in gibberish. I've... I've always talked in full. I was, come on, don't be silly. We always talk like this. This is just one of our father-son chats. No, you know? this is literally the first time. And plus you've had, a, you have a beard and your hair is like all grown out and, and curly. And you're also puberty. At least, you know, you're, you're well over five feet tall. <laughs> Look, I grew overnight. What can I say? Uh, I'm going to be an NBA player. Five, seven. I, you know, I can't help but think that you look exactly like the Aaron that you're speaking of. <sighs> All right, I didn't want you to find out this way, but I have something to confess. Here, let me take off my child's wig. <laughs> it's me. It's Aaron. It's hey, been wait me the a whole minute. time. Wait. I am your son. So the whole time, the past two and a half years, you haven't been Declan. You've been Aaron Mook. It's been me. Well, I sure still my dad. <laughs> well, yeah, I've raised you the past two and a half years. What uh, has the babysitter noticed? No, we hang out. It's okay. chill. Okay. Well, um, I, uh, I, I don't know what to say, but I'm proud of you, son. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. And you know what? <laughs> While I'm here, I just thought maybe you know, if it wasn't too much, if I could just, if I could invite myself on for another Christmas special. Well, I mean, we are already connected, Ted. What do you say? I, I, I mean, I guess this is definitely a weird, a, a weird way to go about this, Aaron. Yeah, I we, know. We, we, I, ha- we future... haven't even been doing this podcast for two and a half years. That's true. Well, it's, it was a long con, first of all. <laughs> I had to go in deep, undercover. That means I met you first as my son, and then as Aaron. So. How is that even possible? Yeah, it was the toughest part was definitely like getting the doctor to switch me with the newborn. And, like you never noticed, like when they handed me to you, you never noticed that you were holding like a full grown man. You hear that happens all the time in hospitals. <laughs> Kids get switched. And... Is, isn't this baby a little big? No. Yeah. Wow. Why is he drinking a tequila sunrise? <laughs> this is a hospital. 
I guess that well, would, yeah. I guess that would just come back into you guys having baby fever. You just never realized that it's been Aaron this whole time. Yeah, true. Wow. Yeah. All right. Every moment we've had has been real. I, I just want you to know. I, I kind of wish you hadn't breastfed, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, well. that, that that seems like a, a very intimate moment. Yeah. If you haven't had somebody. That's the only part. If you haven't had somebody change you recently, let me tell. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, I wish I had yeah. a connection. I wish I hadn't done that. This is becoming a lot more disturbing now that I'm. Can we let's talk about I, something else? I, I, yeah, I yeah, feel absolutely. like I feel like the best thing is just to not think about it. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. <laughs> we could all talk about a very Seinfeld-related film. Well, you know, I mean, I was watching one with my son. I guess you, Aaron. I was, <laughs> we were watching one earlier this week that you were crying about wanting to watch. It's true. And uh, so I guess you know, since last year we talked about a horrible Christmas special starring some Seinfeld people. This year we should talk about a horrible Christmas movie that has some Seinfeld people in it. What do you think, Ted? I I actually really like that idea, but what Christmas movie could have Seinfeld people in it? Well, the one that Aaron was whining about all week long and we sat down and watched was Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1996. Huh. I don't suppose you're familiar, Ted. Yeah, have you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm guessing you haven't seen it. I'm actually incredibly familiar with Jingle All the Way. Wait, what? Yeah, I own it on DVD. I watched it like three nights ago just by random circumstance. Wow. Well, what are, what are the odds? All yeah, right. Well, I, we'll we're legally obligated to record a podcast about it. Yeah. I, I, I guess so. Three three straight white guys who know something about one topic, we have to record a podcast about it. <laughs> yes, my, we do. My goal is to not do an Arnold impression. <laughs> that's, that's like my number one. It's uh, not going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want that to happen. I'm just curving on like how long is <laughs> it going to take. Yeah, when's, it, when's the first one? <laughs> well, there's a grunt. We've made it five minutes so far. Uh, so my, my money is on less than 20 minutes before Aaron makes a full-on Arnold impression. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. From November 22nd, 1996, Jingle All the Way. And uh, just like, well, last year I don't remember what we did exactly, but... I don't think we're going to do like a scene-by-scene recap, so don't worry about that. But I just kind of watched, and I didn't even pause it very much. I just kind of watched and wrote down some notes. Um, So, you know, I guess we'll just kind of riff about it, right? Okay, yeah, we'll let let you take the lead because I I don't have anything written down. Oh, okay. I think that's the way I did it last year. Okay. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. But if we, you know, if we... We might miss something. I also have nothing written down, but let me just say, I'm pretty sure I've seen Jingle All the Way more than any other Christmas film. Really? Truly. Uh, And I genuinely was very excited to watch this. Oh, Ted, do you really own it on DVD? Yes, I do. Wow. So you must have a love for it as well. I, yes, I I love this movie. I I watched it so many times whenever I was younger. Uh, wow. I, I owned the VHS. Uh, I, I just recently bought the DVD maybe like a year, year and a half ago. Uh, I think we bought it for last Christmas, Grace and I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I unironically love this movie, and a lot of people don't is what I'm finding out. Yeah, I, I was calling it a horrible Christmas movie because this is literally my second time watching it. I mean, I think this is this comes down to our age gap where like this just was not a part of my 
childhood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, what? It, it came out in 96? Is that when? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was 15. Okay. Way too old for yeah, kitty movies I, like I, this. I was four. <laughs> I was four. There you go. Aaron, I think I, you were three? I was, I was one. You were one? <laughs> Jesus. I was one, but I was also already scheming. To, to become a second son. At that point, you could have easily have pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I should have I started earlier. It took 30-some years of planning, or whatever, 20-some years, sorry. 40, I'm actually 40. <laughs> yeah, wow, we're learning so much about you. Jesus. Um, so, all right, well, that's, that's, a really, that's really interesting. So I'm interested to hear, you know... Uh, two fans takes on it as opposed to like me it, 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 it took a lot of effort to sit down and watch this i'll be honest <laughs> and they're just a couple of jingle heads yeah you guys are we cosplay as arnold <laughs> well, one, um, one of us arnold, arnold and sinbad but that would be not well, one, yeah. one, one of us co- one of us cosplays as ted yeah one of us cos- one of us is phil hartman and one of us is, uh, it's interesting you guys choose to cosplay as the people who just kind of dress as normal humans and not Turbo Man and Booster, say, right. or or the, what's the bad bad guy's name? The Dement Dementor Dementor, Dementor? Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, they, I mean, those are actual what, costumes. But, but what, what can like, I say? You know, what, what can I say? We're on a budget. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun too because Ted and I like we could do we could also cosplay like twins. He could be Arnold <laughs> and I could be Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, in real life, it's like very similar dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so well, we'll just get into it. And the, the first thing that I, I'll talk about is the opening sequence, though. It, it, it opens like an episode of Turbo Man, and I love movies that do this. That open, you're like, wait a minute, I thought I was supposed to see Jingle all the way and Arnold. This is like some Power Rangers yeah. looking thing. And I, I like movies that just throw you into that. You know, I mean, Tropic Thunder is another good example of yeah. all those commercials yeah. and fake trailers beforehand. And you're like, when is the movie gonna start? And, and then you realize, oh, I've been watching it the whole time. You got me, movie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and they, and they captured the aesthetic of like Power Rangers and Ultraman and all that. Yeah, I'm sure perfectly. This is part of like the the point, but Boost is like a terribly shaped sidekick. Yeah. He's like he's like a wolf with scoliosis. Well, yeah. What's his yeah. name? What's his name? Booster. Like, what? What's his name? Booster. Boost. Booster. Right. Booster? Yeah. Yeah. Booster. I, at one point, I thought it was Booger, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. At one point, I thought it was Boomer, and I was like, "Oh, hilarious!" <laughs> uh, you know, it's like so timely, but no, it's it's definitely Booster. And yeah, it's hot. He's hot pink. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. really bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I also yeah, I also love that opening. <laughs> uh, and and it, it's filmed at Vasquez Rocks, which is out in L.A. Uh, one of the few sequences of of the movie that is not filmed in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for some reason. Um, I think that's one of the weirdest parts of this movie is how married it is to its filming location which is the twin cities of of minneapolis and st paul is i mean the, it's like is that where it's supposed to be all in jeez is that where it's supposed to be i i was it's, so it's confused not supposed to be i mean it just is i mean they're at the mall of america that's okay a, that's a, later on that's a real radio station in minneapolis oh my god okay see for the yeah. longest time and until they got to the mall of america i thought it was like chicago because i mean if you're going to be in any major city in the midwest Nine times out of ten, it's going to be Chicago. Yeah, if you're going to film a Christmas movie, you film it in New York City or Chicago, not Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's just, <laughs> I mean, they must have gotten some amazing tax breaks, and they were like, hey, and also make it look like a tourism video. Right. You know? <laughs> there was, there's a great establishing shot of Mall of America. It's like a 30-second pan. Yeah. It just says Mall of America. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and they have a nice downtown, and like, and the, uh, the television stations are actual 
Minneapolis yeah. television stations. I mean, the, the, nothing is, is fake in the movie. It's all Minneapolis. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was, I thought that was really weird, but, um, and then, so after the Turbo Man special, we find out, uh, you know, it's a little kid that's been watching it. And here's the other thing that blew my mind. Cause I knew Arnold was in the movie. I totally forgot Jake Lloyd was in the movie. Little, wait, is it Jake Lloyd? Yeah. Wow. Little Anakin. Little Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is obviously post the prequels. Um, I don't know whether this was like his big follow up or whatever, but he, he looked older than he did. In the prequels, yeah. so I, I don't remember when that first one came out. Wait, is this '94? Is this after the prequels? The uh, Phantom Menace, I believe, is 1999. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So this, I remember standing so in line. This, this is, is pre. Yeah, this must wow. have been three this, years before. This is pre so prequels. He looks so much older in this than he does yeah. in. Why is that? Is that because Liam Neeson's very tall or something? <laughs> <laughs> what is that all about? How is that possible? Yeah, you're right. I remember standing in line for the Phantom Menace, and I was a senior in high school, so that's really weird. Um, could they gonna... could they have filmed uh, the kids' scenes in Phantom Menace like long before the movie came yeah, like, out by chance? Yeah, three years, and then they had to do the well, CGI. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was like it maybe would take longer to film a movie like Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. Yeah, and so they did it when he was very little. I don't know that that might require. I know we don't do homework for the. Uh, Christmas episodes, but filming, filming no, nobody wants movies. homework over Christmas break, Tim. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, a Star Wars movie takes like ten years to film, but an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie takes like a week tops because yeah. he's a perfect one take <laughs> actor. So he started. Well, he started writing the movie in '94. That's uh, that's the only real date. Oh, here we go. Pre-production and design. Boy, you wouldn't believe the. Uh, Wikipedia. Okay, filming began on June 26, 1997. So, no. This is crazy. Bonkers. Yeah. I went to high school with a girl who the lie that she, like, made up and told everybody was that she dated the little Anakin. The, the, as, a, as a man, she, like, dated the guy who was little Anakin. Jack yeah, Lloyd, Jake Lloyd, yeah. And it was, like, such a bizarre lie that, like, nobody would, like, call her on it. Like, it was just weird <laughs> enough and absurd enough to be, like, Maybe. I don't know. So. <laughs> that is, that's kind of weird. Um, and so he's watching Turbo Man. Uh, and then we finally get our first shot of Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is a mattress salesman. Oh. <laughs> um, which which I, I kind of thought was going to come back up. It, it really <laughs> never did, did it? No, no. It never, <laughs> he's like, a mattress salesman? Yeah. I, okay, I missed... I missed what his occupation was, but he had this like big fancy desk and like an electronic system that would like you know, alert him. Yeah, like, I thought he was like a big like marketing exec or something. It's no, his mattresses. He, he's literally selling mattresses. Like one of the people calling is uh, they 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 need like uh, twenty like twin size beds or something. I, I yeah. think for a shelter, and uh, he he pulls up their file and like every piece of bedding they've bought in prior. I'm like. This guy is a bigwig selling mattresses. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas oh, Eve. A workaholic yeah. mattress salesman. <laughs> I mean, obviously you need to be because they're putting in all their biggest orders on Christmas Eve. He, right. he, he takes like 30 phone calls in this little sequence where he's like, and you're my favorite customer. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> I remember. Wow. You're my number one customer. You're my number one customer. Did, you're my number one customer. Did not believe that Tim would break out the Arnold impression before Aaron would. 
Chad, we're just waiting on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you will join us. Give us an, uh. Oh, I, I will at some point, but I got to wait for the right right moment. And I don't know why I thought it needed to pay off again, but it, like the fact that he is a workaholic never really... I mean, it all takes place on one day, so I guess what's he going to do? But it, it just it's just such an odd occupation. Again, just another one of the odd choices this movie makes. It's like oh, Christmas yeah. movie, Minneapolis... Yeah, can, can, what does the dad do? Is he a banker? No, he's a mattress salesman. Yeah, can, can we can we go back to him. can we go back to that for a second? This is a thing that I never realized until I watched it like for this podcast. This entire movie, the time frame of this entire movie takes place in like 20 hours. Yeah. That, that's another thing that I like the movies do. Anytime it's like it's like it's basically like an episode of Twenty Four. I, you know, I, the, I thought that the parade took place the next day. Like when that's how I remembered it being. And the, yeah, the fact that this takes place in the span of like twenty hours is it, it's an odyssey. Yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, it's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, uh, oh, he talks to his wife and uh, on the phone, and um, and then we get a. I guess that's when we're back at his place and we're introduced to Phil Hartman's character who is I guess like the neighborhood cocksmith that's what yeah. I wrote down <laughs> <laughs> he's just and slinging his, that yeah, dick all over the cul-de-sac <laughs> what'd you say Ted? I said he's slinging that dick all over the cul-de-sac and it's a very he's a very confusing character because he they, he's make, they make him really creepy and douchey I mean they give him the douchiest name possible I mean am I right Aaron he Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, so let's start there. I've never been messing with him. Who even uses that name? Yeah, no one cool anyway. No. Aw, man. <laughs> I'm getting a... Yeah, buzz. same here. I'm getting a... A, a, a buzz. A like repeating a, like a helicopter machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the terrorists are back. Sorry oh, wait. It's good. We're it's good. It. Were you hearing that on your end, Ted? No. Okay, I thought the terrorists were landing. for the Arnold episode. Yeah, exactly. Get <laughs> I, to the I, 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 I was hearing like a little bit of like a, a buzzing, but it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't anything that hasn't been going on for like ten minutes or something. Oh, okay, all right. Um, well, so yeah, so the, Phil Harmon's very confusing because I forget the way that we meet him, the way that we find out he's a cocksmith. He he goes over to he, he goes to the um to the uh, Arnold's house, right? Well, Bef- does he do that before? I think we, I thought we met him at getting that shit again. Yeah, yeah. Just, as long as Ted's not, I guess. That's um, <laughs> he goes over to the purple belt. Oh, that's kitchen, right. That's right. The karate. We, yeah. We meet him there. I remember because all of the women around him are like giving him looks, and they're like, "I need you to come yeah. over and like." Oh fix yeah, my, <laughs> fix my plumbing with your penis and like whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But all uh, these, all these women are just super horny for Ted. Which is, it's truly a bizarre choice. Like, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be an ageist or anything. He is just like a very dad. He's just like a very normal 50-year-old man. He like, is, there, he's there's no reason that you would look at Phil Hartman and just be like him. Like, Phil, if, why, why are they not horny for, like, Arnold? Yeah, Phil Hartman Great in question. this movie, Phil Hartman in this movie is literally Ned Flanders. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's weird. And so that's where I guess I'm confused. It's like, he's obviously got game. But we never see it. it yeah. You know, I mean, it, it. so how does it, I mean, if we do, it doesn't work on Rita Wilson. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so what? there's, there's a disconnect any, there. We don't right? have any, like, context of his yeah. previous sexual exploits. I guess, how does he do it is my question. Right. Right. You know, like, they don't they don't make him seem like a cool guy who, who lays a lot of pipe in the neighborhood. 
you know, they make him seem like a douchey guy who just right. who lays a lot of pipe in the like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I, I didn't like that. That was a that was a disconnect for me. They could have made him cooler. I mean, they could have cast a cooler guy. I mean, to be fair, for for me, for my money, like Phil Hartman and Sinbad saved this movie. They're just so funny. Like Phil Hartman, for whatever this character is, he does it great. I don't know how Ted feels about it. I I have brought this up before. I think Arnold is likable in this. Like, like I, I think, like, he's... I don't know why. Like, I don't know if it's because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, like, in real life, maybe not, like, the greatest individual. Uh, but, like, he's a very likable dad in this to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely, I, agree. I definitely think he's at least sympathetic in this movie. Because... Uh, Granted, he is uh, a workaholic. He's working on Christmas Eve. He definitely misses his son's purple belt karate ceremony. Yeah. But he spends all, or uh, I guess that would be on December 23rd. And then he does spend <clears throat> all of Christmas Eve day trying to get this Turbo Man doll. Just, it, it's the one thing that his son wants. And he's putting everything else uh, below. Uh, getting this doll for his son, but but also he should have done it months right. ago. Absolutely, right. but <laughs> he's he's doing it now. I guess he is. He is. He's trying to put it right at least. <laughs> yeah. But it is still his his screw up that you know he he never went and got the doll. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I guess I forgot that this movie does start on the twenty third, and then the next day is the twenty fourth. Right. So I was wondering. I was like, everybody's at the mattress factory having a party yeah. on the twenty third. He's 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 closes like twenty deals the night of the twenty third. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, you really think like you'd be good for work for like a while? Like you sold twenty mattresses. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> it's like what like two million dollars? Like I, I don't know how much they go for. Like, a lot of money. Yeah, go enjoy the party. Um, yeah, and then I guess the karate belt thing happens the night of the twenty third too. Yeah, so he misses his son's karate thing, and then he uh, you know he asks him. Uh, how he can make it up to him, and obviously this is an ongoing thing. You know, he's as likable as a dad he is. He has been, you know, screwing up and missing everything that his son, you know, missing his son's life moments and stuff like that. So this is where his son tells him that, you know, Santa is going to get him a Turbo Man doll, and he's like, "Great, this is the way that I can make up everything I've done wrong to my son and give him this Turbo Man doll." And then that's that's where Rita Wilson's like, "Oh, didn't you get it a couple months ago? Because they're all sold out." And he's like. Of course, I did read the wills. Then why are you talking about you married to me, not Tom Hanks? Uh, yeah, it was a weird line that he said that directly to her character. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> choice. You figured they would have cut that out, but you know, like, I, um, I, I don't want to be ageist either. But I'm going to say this too, like, uh, so I'll uh, like, but Rita Wilson is kind of a stone fox in this movie. Yeah, yeah, like she, yeah, she's in that like night night mm-hmm. dress. Yeah, yeah. So I get Phil Hartman in that aspect. Right. I get why that's, you know, I, the, the one conquest he hasn't. I don't question his horniness. I question <laughs> the rest of the neighborhood's yes. horniness. Yeah. And where it's being directed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, oh, um, how do we feel about, uh, let me ask you, uh, Arnold's karate noises when he's trying to cheer up his son, Jake Lloyd. I, I love it. That's why, that's why, <laughs> that's why I, so like, I was like watching it and I was like, I wish... You know, I mean, I have the, the best. The, the, there was but definitely, I, there I was wish definitely, that Arnold was also my father. There was definitely the uh, possibility that this could have been like problematic. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was because he's literally just making karate sounds. He doesn't uh, like go into like any uh, Asian stereotype. Um, he he just 
He just ties like Jamie's belt around his head and he's just like, it feels like it very easily could have accidentally stepped in that territory. I feel like every single nineties movie that probably steps into that territory. Yeah. Oh yeah. But do you, but do you think it did though? No. Okay, cool. Nah, nah. I mean, we're on, we're on the Katana's edge though. You're right. Like we're (laughs) we're right there. Like I I feel like he might've squinted his eyes, maybe just a little too much. And (laughs) you know, maybe like, Bucked his teeth out just a little bit. Oh but, no! But I don't. I know. I Ted. It's not me. Yeah, <laughs> Society. Society. Um, but 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 okay. I I just I that's one thing that I wrote down. I was but, like, I want to know how everyone feels about this. But also, uh, Jamie's reaction to Howard uh, to Arnold doing this is incredible. Because uh, he doesn't say anything to him. He's laying down reading his Turbo Man comic book, and he just. Like his eyes go so wide, he's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought that was incredible. So, some of like I think his best acting in the entire movie. Wow, maybe his the, best acting ever. Then the child or Arnold's? The, uh, so, some of the child's best acting the in the movie. Yes, uh, yeah. I, I I don't want to exclude Sinbad like that. Um, speaking of which, uh, the next morning. Arnold has to go out and, you know, he, he's got a cover story. He's like, oh, you know, I got the, I got to go. What is it? Does he say he left the doll at work or something like that? Yeah. Uh, he said, yeah, he said, he. well, it, it's weird. He said that I have to go pick it up. Yeah. So I don't know if he was like, oh, like I ordered it from the toy store. I don't, I yeah. have no idea what it was. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, so he leaves on, on Christmas Eve morning and he heads to, I guess, the closest toy store. And this is where we meet Sinbad. Uh, what's his name? Myron? Yes. I think his name is Myron, yeah. Uh, and th- I got this, what an entrance. I mean, his he goes on this rant. He ends up assaulting <laughs> a woman, which I'm not cool with, but... Yeah, that is very intense, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch... Go ahead, Ted. I, I, I think I was just going to say the exact thing uh, that you were going to. Tim, did you end up watching the extended cut version or the theatrical cut version? Whatever is on HBO right now, that's what I watched. Was there a line about... <laughs> Did Sinbad say something about a woman who's sleeping with everybody at the post? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay well, then that I think is, you watched the extended the ex- version. Yeah. Oh, I did. Good. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. Okay, that, that's also the version that we watched, and we were trying to think uh, of, uh, like, what made it to the extended cut that didn't quite make it to the theatrical cut, and this is definitely one of those lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was weird, too, because there was, like, a whole scene... That wasn't a theatrical cut where like all the characters just start like taking their clothes off, like, <laughs> banging each other and plowing. Very eyes wide shut. Yeah, it was yeah, it was super weird. I like Phil Phil Hartman, full frontal. <laughs> yeah, noodle. Phil frontal. <laughs> Phil frontal. Yeah, Phil frontal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but his rant was hilarious, and it reminded me like you know Sinbad, you know that you know he was a stand up and and like just how. I don't know. He he was a talent that I I probably never appreciated in his time because you know I wasn't I wasn't when when he was a stand up and doing that like I wasn't the age of like watching people like Sinbad do stand up. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it it really was awesome, and I wonder how much of it was improv. You know, yeah. I, I venture to say this was all off the top of it Sinbad's does, head. There, there are times where his dialogue sounds like a Sinbad routine. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. And and I, I listened to I think it was his WTF, and he was like, I don't know what I'm going to say when I go up on stage. That's the way he <laughs> operates. So. I think they were probably just like, all right, do your Sinbad thing. And he did it, and it was great. And that's why they probably, you know, there was a thing about she, she sleeping with everybody at the post office but me um, was, you know, it was probably just off the top of his yeah. head. And they were like, all right, well, we'll take, we'll pick and choose what you can put in here and what we can't, you know. I went to, I, I went to lunch recently with a friend, uh, and I told them her parents were there. 
And they were like, what are you, what are you doing this week? I was like, oh, I'm recording this podcast about uh, Jingle All the Way. And he was like, oh, the, her dad was like, I, I met Sinbad on an Amtrak once. And I was like, really? I was like, did you say anything to him? He's like, yeah. I was like, what did you say? I said, you're Sinbad. <laughs> That's all he said. And so I just gave him like a knowing nod, and I was like, "That's, that's pretty cool." Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, if I ever run into a celebrity, you never know what you're gonna say, but it just say their name to them, point at them, and say, yeah. their name. <laughs> "That's good advice." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he, he does end up at the end of his rant, like strangling a woman that happened to be standing next to him while they're waiting in line yeah, for these happen toys. Totally innocent mom that's just trying to get a turbo man for her kid. And yeah. ends up getting strangled by a, a postman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just kind of just kind of weird. Um, but so they open up the toy store and everybody goes running in, and uh, they all the Turbo Men are sold out. Of course, there's plenty of boosters, which is hilarious. But here we get a, a non cameo cameo, which is a Seinfeldy thing. So yeah. you know that goes back to no hugging, no learning. Oftentimes we'll get these people on Seinfeld before they were uh, very big. But uh, pl- please welcome to the show, Chris Parnell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was not expecting that. Had, did not remember it at all when it showed up. I was like surprised. Yeah, really surprised about it. And this is two years before he was on SNL. He joined SNL in '98. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he, he's playing a very meth-addled toy clerk. <laughs> I gotta say, he's got a weird energy. Oh my god. Yeah. Could you imagine like uh, an alternate current reality where people in retail are able to like shit? on the customers as much as these guys are. Yeah. Yep. Like if you could just like laugh at a customer's face and be yeah. like, you came like, here for a turbo doll. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll tell you what, we have plenty of boosters. <laughs> and, like Jesus. Chris Parnell is a good example here with what I feel like the director was telling every single person in this movie, that was perfect. Bigger. Do it bigger, <laughs> right? Do, do right. another take, go bigger. Yeah. And that's how I think we ended up with a meth addled Chris Parnell. <laughs> Like, he's literally shaking and convulsing, like, so the, go bigger. The plot hole, the, the central plot hole of this movie for me Ooh. is that we operate on the basis that Arnold could not just, like, intimidate someone to giving him a turbo, which I think is, like, is, like, false. <laughs> you think Immediately. He, because he gets aggressive with the store clerks, and they're clearly afraid of him. Yeah. So, I'm, he does that, but he doesn't get aggressive with anyone else in the film. You're right. Like, even provoked. Like, he, he doesn't, like fight people really yeah you know like uh so it's just it's insane to me that he this movie could be over if he just like walked up something and was like give me the doll and like shook him a little bit or something yeah yeah or there is a fight in the mall of america later over these bouncy balls and he gets he gets trounced right and yeah he just like lays there like he doesn't you know it's he could bench press like that entire dog pile, right. and yet like people are just walking all over yep. him. Oh yeah. yeah, Arnold could easily just knock out whoever has a Turbo Man doll. Granted, he would probably spend Christmas in jail, but Jamie would have a Turbo Man. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he really wants—not to spend Christmas with his dad because he's already an absentee dad. Like that's not gonna right. change. On yeah, Christmas, exactly. But he'll he have the doll. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the other clerk I recognized too, or at least I thought I did. Did anyone? Uh, did anyone? His name is Patrick. Richwood. Yes. And the only the only thing that he's ever done in his career that I watched is he was the White Rabbit in Adventures in Wonderland. Did you guys ever watch that? Uh, I didn't watch that, but he is also, uh, God, what else? What else did he do? Um, it, it's something that Grace and I watched recently. I think. 
First of all, Adventures in Wonderland needs to be on Disney Plus. I can't believe it's not. Is that is that like a made for TV one? Yeah, yeah. It was it, it was a um it was a TV show, and every yeah. and every day like Alice would like jump through the Looking Glass and go into Wonderland and have it was on. Let me see. I was too old to watch it when it was on, and I, I realized that. Um, and I was in like sixth grade, I think, but it was definitely made okay. for much younger kids. But I just couldn't get enough of it. Wow. Yeah. What, what was his name? Uh, Patrick Richwood. He just has, he just looks so familiar, but I'm like, I don't know. Like he was in, he was in pretty woman. He just has bit parts and stuff. He was in the princess diaries. He was in runaway bride. He was in the other sister. I mean, he just, but he's like unnamed in all of these, just like this. He's toy clerk number two or whatever, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of movies, he's just like cashier or real estate agent or in Armageddon. He was Dr. Nerd. Do you that want maybe to... that sounds like oh, a memorable man. role. Is that yeah. it, Ted? Uh, no, actually. Uh, do you want to know how I think I know who he is and how Grace knows who he is? Let me he... guess. One more. That's so Raven. No. Okay, he's in one episode. All right. What uh, is it? Uh, the Princess Diaries. Okay. Okay. Uh, and actually, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, he is uh, in like season two of That's So Raven. He comes in and like fires Raven's dad from the restaurant. So now that you mention it, it is also that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's the only episode. He's yep. only in one episode, and it, you remember it exactly. <laughs> we just I, watched it recently, I think. <laughs> I of course recognized him for his Oscar-worthy work as Doctor Nerd. Doctor Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Michael Bay movie? Is Armageddon a Michael Bay movie? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, and that, it seems to me like not. I can imagine Michael Bay being like, "This character needs a name, Doctor Nerd." Nerd. Yes. <laughs> um. And so uh, he does get rough with the toy, and it works. That's the thing. Like, he gets rough, and it works. They tell him, oh, the last doll just left the store. A woman took it. And so he runs out after the the woman. And Arnold running after the car. This is a T2 reference, right? (laughs) This is a Terminator 2 reference. I I think so. It has to be a nod. And I loved it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, even though... Well, does uh, does Arnold do that in Terminator, or does Liquid Metal does it in T2? Is it a reference to... Yeah, I've not watched Judgment Day in a while, but but it, it had to have been a reference to Liquid Metal running after Linda Hamilton's car in, in Terminator Two. So I, I enjoyed that, and we get a great uh, one of the things I loved about this movie that's so '90s is we get the Brian Setzer Orchestra mm-hmm. on the soundtrack, which is which is great because definitely in '96 I was all in on the swing craze. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. This was an alternate score that was also part of the extended thing. What? Mm-hmm. They didn't have the BSO version of Jingle Bells? And I don't the... think, originally, I don't believe so. Oh, man. Well, that's that's a loss. Yeah. I mean, that would be awful to have to watch this movie without. Folks, get the extended cut. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. It is on HBO right now, so you can stream it. That's how I did it. Yeah, if you if you want to watch it and, along. And, and you should have watched this to listen to this. I you know say. how it is. Somebody puts out, somebody writes a masterpiece like Jingle All the Way. They have a vision in mind. The studios get in. Everything yeah. gets muddy, you know? <laughs> they yeah. take out all of the hardcore R scenes, like... <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis City Council's like, there's not enough Minneapolis yeah. in this. You're not getting the check. Yeah. <laughs> you do, do yourself a favor and, and see the director's vision. <laughs> Speaking of the Mall of America, this is where we get the uh, the sweeping shot. And I literally wrote, giant ad? Question yeah. mark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because not only that, I mean, we get so many establishing shots of like the mall, you know, the, we get the inside and like down through the levels and like we get the playground and we get like all sorts of like, look, look at the Mall of America, you know, come come to Minneapolis during the Christmas season. This is when you come. Has, has anyone ever been there? No, I have not. no, me neither. 
Me neither. Just curious. It's one of those things that you know. Every so often, you get you get dragged to. I've always wanted to go life. go with my dad. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. There's a roller coaster now. Didn't I didn't see a roller coaster? But you know, it reminds me of another great ad for the Mall of America and another another great ad for the city of Minneapolis, uh, the Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks Two. There's a Whoa. big scene in the Mall of oh, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D Two. The beginning <laughs> is uh, skating through the Mall. Of America. I think before before we go to the mall, real quick, I think there's also a part where he buys the wrong doll he buys a booster doll from a woman on the street oh yeah yeah he catches up to a woman and he's like i'll give you uh i'll give you three hundred dollars or, or something he hey said, I, i'll give you i'll give you triple yeah and he, he's like these are triple whatever this doll was which yeah we figured was probably the doll was probably like 40 50 bucks yeah so so, so like he, 100 like 150 bucks maybe cash. yeah and then when he finds out it's a booster doll Instead of keeping it like a normal human being and being like, well, I sell people the turbo but at least uh, this way you can have both. He like throws it in the trash. <laughs> well, I don't ever remember this. This is crazy. Uh, consumerism. That's what that was. It Running was rampant. It was a statement on American consumerism. And it just this whole al- movie is. And it just also shows how many mattresses he really is selling that he just has like a couple hundred, like hundred bucks in cash. And he's willing to just actually throw this thing away. <laughs> Yeah, and he, the cash comes up like, like he also pays cash for not skipping ahead too far, but like he also pays cash for another doll yeah. later on. How much cash are you carrying? This is another very Seinfeldian thing about the movie. We always remark about how Se- Jerry Seinfeld carries around at least a thousand dollars in cash like, all the time, like all the time <laughs> on his person. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's another great tie-in to actually no hugging, no learning. Um, so at, at the Mall of America, they there's a toy store, and they're gonna give out these balls and whoever gets a ball, that's how they decide who gets a turbo man. It seems like a weird plan. Very. Yeah. And this guy, this guy is also very like meth addled. Like yes. the owner of this toy store is like taking so much joy. And like, <laughs> he's like, what? he's like very evil. Oh and yeah. He's like it, smiling and hunched over. And he's it, like, what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to throw these ping pong balls into the air. And some lucky customers are it, going it, to get it, is this also the point where he's like, and due to supply and demand, the suggested retail price of a Turbo Man yeah. just tripled? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. And he's, he's frothing at the mouth. Yeah. It literally spit is flying. <laughs> this and, is another thing where the director was like, okay, yes, that was great. Ten times bigger. Yeah. And, 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 they, they, and then they did that like 12 and, takes. And, and again, back to the Chris Parnell thing. Imagine a world where <laughs> stores are able to do this to their customers. They just make up rules. They just make up their own rules as they go along through their day. <laughs> do you think they planned to actually hand out the balls in a calm manner or was the plan always to dump them on a it's feverish a fever pitch crowd it seemed like that was the plan it seemed like that was the a plan was to just dump this thing of ping pong balls uh, well they, i mean they, and, they definitely start handing them out in a calm manner and then they're just like you know what fuck it and they just throw yeah. like the the buckets like up in the air the balls go everywhere I think they did what they could to avoid being trampled, I guess. Yeah. And so that's what I was wondering. But And then, so, there's one ball that eludes Arnold's grasp, even though we've already discussed he could easily, you know, knock somebody out and take their ball. <laughs> and I, I got to admit, I hated the ball chase through the mall. Did you guys like it? I, I hated it. it. <laughs> I hated this sequence, say, but I can't tell you why. Did you say you liked it, Aaron? I love it. See, I, I definitely thought it was play, like played too long. 
it, uh, it 100 percent was. It felt like it was 10 percent of the movie, which is like pretty fun. It, that it's, may be why I it's hated it. still going to this day, 23 years later. I think if there's any like filmmakers out there that are looking for like a tip, and if you have a script and you're at like 70 pages, maybe and you're like I just need something. Add add a ping pong ball toy store chase scene to your film. Yeah, the story. <laughs> there's not one in John Wick Four. I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then we get uh, so after Arnold loses, he gets kicked out of the ball pit because he, uh, you know, he wants the ball from this girl and she puts it in her mouth. I also did not like the way that this girl looked. She's got like a bowl cut, right? And like I didn't like yeah. the way that they made up this girl also, and they think that. They think that he's a, a pervert who's like trying to touch kids, and all they do is like hit him with their purses and escort him out of the ball pit. They don't like call the police, yeah, or even like security. He delivers like one of my favorite lines of the movie, which is like, "I'm not a pervert. I just, I'm just trying to get the doll. I just want a doll." <laughs> which is a line I've tried many times. Never works. Never works for me. Did, did, and then like the, he gets ganged up on by all the women in the mall, which is very funny. <laughs> Does it ever work whenever you try the line, Aaron? No, never. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep professing that I'm not a pervert to women when I meet them, but I don't think it's ever gonna do much. <laughs> but I mean, you have you been trying it in Arnold's voice though? Yeah. Well, that's that, that, that's the thing. Is like when I talk to women in general, I only talk in Arnold's voice. So oh, okay. Every woman I've ever met in my life, including my mother, <laughs> thinks that I have this Austrian accent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know? Maybe maybe so. try doing the line without Arnold's voice. Maybe maybe see where that gets you. I'm a I'm not a pervert. I'm not a no, like that. There we I'm go. Not a pervert. I just I'm just looking for a doll. <laughs> <laughs> After the Do you like jazz. <laughs> After the Do you like the Brian Setzer Orchestra? <laughs> of course I love jazz. I love the Brian Setzer Orchestra. <laughs> the next person it never comes up, but if I ever meet a jazz now, that's my it could be my go to line. Like, oh totally into jazz. I mean Brian Setzer Orchestra, number one, of course. Um, so after the ball chase, we get uh, our first Seinfeld actor of the movie, of two, in case you're wondering, uh, and that's Danny Woodburn, who is going to appear in this season of Seinfeld that we're on right now in No Hugging, No Learning, season five, uh, episode 16, The Stand-In, as Mickey Abbott. So this is someone that Ted has not met yet, but no. that Aaron uh, is yeah. familiar with. So show, we're, we're, we're close to meeting him then, like maybe like two months away, right? Yeah, yeah, very close. Yeah, we're we're like, I don't know, uh, eight episodes away, something like okay. that. Like, I don't even know what we're on. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And so Arnold makes a deal with Jim Belushi, and I always get sad when I see Jim Belushi. I don't this know why. This was crazy. I, didn't, I knew that he was in the movie, <laughs> but I did not recognize that it was him until we were like in the factory scene, until they go back to like Santa's workshop. But yeah. Like, through, like at the very first, at the beginning when we meet him, uh, even in the car, he takes his like beard off for a second. I did not put together that. It was oh Jim yeah. Belushi. Also, not credited as Jim Belushi. Did you know that? What is it? Is it James Belushi? It is James ah, Belushi. Yeah. Um, there was also this was another thing from the extended cut. Is there's a line where uh, Jim Belushi is like, "I have a doll. Hey, you looking for a doll?" And Arnold's like, "I don't want to sit on your lap." Ah. And He's like, that's not my bag. And that line is one of the things that's in the extended cut. <laughs> oh, really? This was a little too blue for Yeah, the, yeah. For like, yeah. Um, and so uh, he makes a deal. You know, they, they show a, a, a Mickey Abbott shows a picture of uh, a Turbo Man doll. We have a Turbo Man. Here's today's paper. We can get it for you. 
Um, and Which the newspaper is a great touch. It's just like ransom. <laughs> yeah, <about it>. yeah. <laughs> just to prove it was today. Um, and uh, and so they go to a warehouse, which, by the way, also gets a an interesting plug. It, it like has a a title or something like that. The building has a title. Another like very min- Minneapolis moment there that I guess people recognize. But it's a warehouse full of Santas, and I guess this is some sort of black market operation. Yeah, this. I love this personally. I this is like maybe one of my favorite like parts of the whole movie is just how absurd of an idea it, it feels very like there I feel like uh this is like a very general statement, but I guess I feel like there's like nineties movies I've seen that are kind of like this where there's just this like very bizarre I can't imagine like a movie like a Christmas movie now that has this crazy scene where they go to like a a fake toy operation like shop full of back alley Santas. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's so weird. I love it though. And it is set up like those, you know, movies where they go into a warehouse where there's a drug operation. Yeah. There's like people counting money, but they're all dressed as Santa. It's, it, mm-hmm. is, it is funny. It's absurd. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's a I, funny moment. I, I'd, I'd have to agree with Aaron on this. I, I think this is definitely my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. this You guys are bringing me around. I, I don't have a favorite part necessarily, but this might be <laughs> well, Okay. It's because it's like, you already have this bonkers, like it, it, it's so ridiculous. And then on top of it, it's like the things that happen in this scene, there are Santa's uh, singing um, like acapella. Uh, what's the term for that? Uh, oh, a barbershop. Barbershop or textile. And then, the, and then there's this like Santa WWE fight match that happens. Yes. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and then the cops bust in and like break up their operation and the uh, the... Uh, what was his name? The actor, the um, oh Danny, uh, Danny Woodburn. Yeah, I believe it's him. He goes, "It's the Grinch." Yeah. yeah <laughs> so they have little code words. It's for... fun. I love it. <laughs> and we get a shot early on of, and I uh, later on it is it's established. But I was like, was that Vern Troyer? Vern Troyer is in this movie. Is he really? Yeah, that's really weird. Yes, it's definitely Vern Troyer, and it's three years before Austin Powers. Uh, two, oh, which wow. is the first one that he was in. So oh my God. this is like pre-fame Vern Troyer. But I was like, oh my gosh, he's the one that in just a you know uh, in just a second they get into this huge fight you mentioned, and he's the one that gets punched across the room. Oh okay. my God! Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. It's weird how many celebrities uh, past you can trace back to Jingle All the Way. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like everybody has been in this movie or had something to do with it. They call this movie the Kingmaker in Hollywood. Yeah. It's like, oh, he was in the Kingmaker. He's like, he was in Jingle All the Way. You know it. I mean, Arnold wasn't even a big star in '96, so I think right. we can all agree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Until so weird. This all the debut way. performance from a 24 year old actor is. <laughs> Yeah, um, ferocious. So, and this, and the big Santa, Ted. I figured you'd want. This is a real wrestler, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This is the Big Show from from okay. WWE, WWF, WCW fame, which, which is crazy because, like, uh, at the time this was filming, he wasn't like a, a big name by any this means. Is crazy. He, I mean, he's very tall, and he's like twenty four at the time this is filmed. He's legit, like, I, I think Jeez. over seven feet tall. At the time this was filmed, I think he was about 350 pounds in, uh, I'd say, knowing what I know now, the second best shape of his entire life, because I'd go out on a limb and say this guy now, being over 50 years old, is in the best shape of his life. He's got wow. like he's got like a six-pack, he, he's trimmed down to about like 275, I think. Uh, he's a big boy. He's a big dude. 
That's crazy. Born to play Santa. Yeah, born to play this giant. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I thought I recognized him, and I knew that you would. Yeah. You would definitely know. Yeah. Well, uh, th- this was uh, this was like right in his in his time with WCW, where he was called the Giant. Oh, and that's how he's credited. It's yeah. like whatever his name is, and the Giant is in quotes. Yeah. I, I believe, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that's how he's credited in the uh, in the in the movie. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, and so uh, they have this big fight with the Santas, and uh, and and. Oh, this is um, after the fight is after uh, you know he makes the deal for three hundred dollars or whatever it was uh, for his Turbo Man doll. It's, it's three hundred dollars cash, and he has it. He opens up, he unwraps the Turbo Man doll, which I thought was a good idea. I, but then he starts opening it up, which I was shocked at. He doesn't. He gives them the money before he opens it up, which is yeah. What I was immediately like, but he does open it up, right? Which is a good idea. Um, and then I yeah, I would not have thought to take it out of the pack. No. Good thinking on Arnold's part. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's for sure. It's been scammed before. <laughs> it's Spanish, <laughs> and it fall. It's falling apart when he, you know, all the, all the parts fall out of the box, and he wants his money back, but uh, he doesn't get it because he gets beat up by a bunch of Santas, and uh, and then the cops raid the place, and he sneaks out with a fake toy badge, and then he uh, ends up. <laughs> Which they ask, okay, they okay. ask no questions. Yeah, I I want to <laughs> point this out. One hundred percent grade A, like thinking on his feet by 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 Howard. By, by Arnold right here. It is just like seeing the fake like police badge and saying, this has got to be some of the sloppiest police work I've ever seen. <laughs> I've been working on this case for years and you guys just bust in and blow my entire cover. And again, like Aaron said, no questions asked. Yeah. But, this, but he's, able to, this... he's able to walk out unscathed because like he just happened to see this fake police badge. This is what's crazy to me is like that kind of on your feet thinking. You think that at some point he would apply that level of getting a turbo man doll. Right? Instead, he just like runs around the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he, he runs out of gas on a bridge and ends up pushing his car to a diner where he goes in and Sinbad happens to be there. We didn't mention that they had a falling out at one of the toy at that first toy store, I guess, because Sinbad they were Sinbad wants to be like Apart, he wants to, them to work together to find the Turbo Man dolls. Yeah, and yeah. Arnold is like, ah, oh, I work alone. But they initially like sabotaged each other's attempts, and so they, you know, when he sees them, he's like, yep. he's like, peace, you know. Yep. Uh, and so he hadn't gotten the doll yet. Nobody has it, and uh, they, so they start talking about, um, you know, why this doll means so much. And Sinbad's dad was never around. And I, I love this part of the movie where, um, you know. Jake Lloyd is standing in for Sinbad, like but speaking <laughs> Sinbad's lines and like drinking from the bottle that Sinbad has. And I'm like, that, what an awesome choice. I love that. I've never seen a bottle like the bottle Sinbad is drinking out of in your life. It was like a cowboy cartoon whiskey bottle. <laughs> yeah. Glass, what, glass. yeah. It, what was he supposed to be drinking? Because I didn't see what it was. It was brown. It was presumably liquor, but it looked like it was almost like an old timey cough syrup <laughs> yeah. bottle or something. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe he was making his own scissor. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. <laughs> uh, but I, I just love that part where Jake Lloyd is talking, and, and then, uh, you know, that's where Howard once again realizes that, I, you know, he doesn't want right. Jake Lloyd to end up like Sinbad, which is kind of funny because in real life, Jake Lloyd kind of has ended up. Yeah, he. I, I did, I've read there are some issues. Don't want to get into all of it, but the thing that was most interesting to me before all of his legal issues is that he was, this is sad, he was, like, bullied for being little Anakin. Yeah. Like, and had a breaking point where he, like, destroyed all of his Star Wars memorabilia. Oh, jeez. Because he was just, like, that over it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those child star things yeah. that, like, you know, oh. it, you know, it really it really took a toll on him. Yeah, so, um, and there, there's a radio station on, 
and the radio station guy is like, whoever can call up and name Santa's eight reindeer will win a Turbo Man doll. <laughs> and so they fight over the phone, but they end up hearing that the radio station is just down the street. Um, and, you know, the fact that they didn't know that, but yet they could find this radio station inside a building. It's not like a, I was like, oh, that's going to be like, a, you know, it's going to have frontage, like like the studio that you're probably near, Ted. Like, yes. it's going to be like on a street and, you know, right. you'll know when you see it. But no, they have to go in a building up an elevator. It's not like it was, you know, advertised yeah, on the outside. I forgot about the entire like, office. And yeah. also, and also that requires this office building to be open on Christmas Eve and this yeah. guy to be live on the air on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Which is all, yeah. Which is all what's going on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, it's KQRS and it's real station, uh, 92, uh, uh, what is it? Ninety two K ninety two or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, it, it's a real rock it, station it, in Minneapolis. Is this their real studio? I, I think it's got to be. Yeah, <laughs> because it has that. When I saw the signage, I was like, "All right, I got to look this up and see." And, and sure enough, like KQRS is a real radio station. Oh out my in, god! Out in uh, Minneapolis. So um, yeah, it, it's been around for a million years. Uh, and Martin Mull is yes. the, the DJ. Uh, immediately was like Gene Parmesan. <laughs> yeah, you never know. He's so good. Um, and, uh, so they, you know, th they don't actually have the doll. Uh, this is where Arnold gets a little rough again. Is he the one yeah. getting rough with Martin Mall? He, how does this work out? He, so Martin Mall says, I don't have a doll here. Like I have a gift certificate for a doll. It's like on layaway or whatever. Uh, and I don't recall, no, they're, they're wrestling over the gift certificate at which point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Sinbad, okay, no, and the fight has to happen before the bomb thing. Right, right. So Martin Mall ends up on the floor yeah. somehow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just, like, they. I mean, it, it is Arnold getting rough with him because Arnold, like, picks him up and, like, has his fist ready to go, and Sinbad stands behind Arnold and just points at him, <laughs> like, like, I'm threatening too. Um, and, then Sin, and then Sinbad pulls this thing where he says he has a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and it's a package, and they... They jump on the floor because they think it's going to explode. Yeah, but it's actually a, a, a music box. But this is another thing that I wrote down. It's also very Seinfeldian jokes about right. people, quote unquote, going postal. And yeah. Newman yeah, having yeah, that yeah. sort of unhinged part of him that comes out every now and then. So uh, more tie in. Um, and then uh, we're. I wrote down again, we must be back. Um, oh, yeah, we are back at uh, Arnold's house. I forget when he ends up calling his son and having that fight again. Before this happens the police come to <laughs> oh, yeah, the yeah. office and like, because there has been a bomb threat and then Sinbad uses a second bomb threat to get out of the first bomb, yeah. threat, which I think is very clever. <laughs> I've never heard of this strategy yeah. before. Uh, and it ends up being, this is the one of the craziest parts of the entire movie. It ends up being an actual bomb that goes off and then, <laughs> and, but it's, but you're like, you're like, wow, what are the real, real life repercussions of this yeah. bomb going off? And it's it's one of those like cartoony. You like flash back to the officers, and they're just covered in like <laughs> black, like like so powder, whatever, yeah. soot, whatever. Well, I, their their hair is all crazy, and they're I, like, oh, hey, like, I, yeah, I, I yeah. Think, I think we should point out that it's not all of the officers that are covered in this black soot. Uh, it's just this one officer right. who has has been kind of targeting Howard throughout the entire movie. So yeah. th this bomb was enough. To uh, when we see Howard running out of the building, it was enough to shake the street. Uh, I I'm assuming yeah, because, the camera, yeah, the camera, because the like camera because the camera shakes and Howard and it, it, it 
like blows smoke out of the window, but also the bomb was not enough to go any more than like four feet above the one officer and like yeah. knock one light down and no more than 18 inches out to get to any <laughs> other officer. Yeah, who was this bomb designed to kill? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wiley Coyote, maybe. Um, it, it is. It has enough force to like push his hair in all kinds of crazy directions, but like his but, fingers but it, are fine. But, but it, it's it's not enough force to get anything on any other cop. <laughs> his fingers seem fine, but later on he's wearing like bandages yeah. over his hands. So <laughs> they were fine at first, but I guess something happened later. Crazy or something. Crazy. Um, I didn't write down too much about, uh, you know, Ted's interactions with Rita Wilson, but, he, you know, he's putting the moves on pretty hard in a couple different scenes. Anytime Arnold has to check in at home, yes, Ted is about. Was, this is a good a good time to bring this up because oh, we, I, I believe Arnold goes back to his house. But earlier in the movie, we missed one of my one of my favorite parts. I think one of the parts that the movie is most known for is Arnold gives a call to his wife at home and Ted picks up because he's yeah. over there making cookies. And Ted is just like so horny about these cookies. Like, <laughs> it, it's like it's clear, like it's clear he's thinking about like his wife. But like as he's eating the cookies, he's like making this. He's like, oh, your wife's cookies. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh my god, these cookies. <laughs> and he gets the Arnold line, though, my favorite line of the movie. Uh, Put that cookie down now. <laughs> Stay away from my wife's cookies. Yeah. And, and also, Aaron, right before this, uh, we, we totally forgot about Ted's uh, definite, like, boner face as he's trying to oh, take yeah. uh, <laughs> take the apron off of... Uh, uh, of uh, what's, what's her name? Rita Wilson? Rita Wilson, Okay. Yeah. Unwanted physical contact from Ted throughout the movie. Oh, However, yeah. at, this, at this point... He leans over to like over her and like undoes her apron. And as he's doing it, there's a shot of his face. It's literally it's just like a like like a cartoon character like like a boner like face. It's like eyes are crossed. It's bizarre. It, it, it's something that you would expect uh, Professor Frank from The Simpsons just to be going, "Oh, pretty lady, Ivan." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, and this is where, again, I wrote down, so Arnold, like, sees Ted, I think, putting the star on the tree in his house, and so then he remembers that Ted told him earlier there's a Turbo Man doll underneath his tree, so he's going to go in and steal it. But here's also where I wrote down, Ted, creepy but good, question mark? Because <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I guess maybe just, like, uh, again, this is where, the like, the character is so disconnected to me where I'm like, he's obviously got game. Why does it work on everybody except Rita right, Wilson? You right. know? And some of these women are seemingly married or or whatever so it's not that you know it's not that fact i just i just wonder why it doesn't work on her why why we don't see any good game out of him but uh you know um howie howard ends up uh you know somehow letting the reindeer into the house and uh the uh ball ball uh i love this part though like the one of the three wise men's heads rolls off and catches fire while Arnold is in Ted's house, and he ends up like kicking it out the window at some carolers who are out there. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> and I love Phil Hartman goes, are It's so like just one line, and it's like the funniest. That maybe is my favorite line in the whole movie when he like just tearfully says Balthazar. I just thought it was so hilarious. And he delivers another one of my favorite lines afterwards. Um, again, like I was saying, Phil Hartman and Sinbad's performances just saved this movie for me. Anytime they were on screen, as weird as <laughs> Phil Hartman's character was. It, it was awesome, and I love he's. I love when he, you know. So 
Rita Wilson realizes what Howard was doing in the house. He was stealing the doll from a kid and all this stuff. And um, oh, that's almost like the yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the worst kid. But um, why in in like eighties and nineties movies, like the fat kid was always the bully. Like I have no idea how that. This dynamic is not realistic. I don't understand. He's always the friend, but also the bully. Yeah, right. yeah. there's a, there's a spoiled element there. The, the 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 kid's always spoiled, you know, and so that probably lends to that attitude. Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, Bring back our big boys. We need more. Big boys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you know, Rita's like, we'll go to the you know Christmas parade with Ted, and and I love Phil Harbour's line here. You can't bench press your way out of this one, Howard. <laughs> Again, just delivered so expertly by Phil Hartman. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, now, even though I just watched this two days ago, three days ago, I am already, my my weak brain is having trouble connecting the dots because this is all, if I'm wrong, let me know if I'm wrong. Is this also the scene where the reindeer... Yeah, I forget when it happens because I wrote down Balthazar and then I wrote down that the reindeer comes in. Um, Something... I know that they talk about it, like Arnold is outside and he's like, oh, what are you going to do with the reindeer? And uh, <laughs> Phil Hartman's like, oh, I'm just like surprising my son with the reindeer. Bold move. Yeah. Weird, strange choice. Um, but this reindeer scene is also bonkers and feels like it comes out of nowhere. Very enjoyable. <laughs> Arnold punches it in the face. Oh, yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, he hits a reindeer in the face. And, and then he feeds it beer. Yeah, he feeds it. Also, I feel like we are unjustly skipping over the point that the reindeer's name is also Ted. And there is a... <laughs> Wait, oh, that's right. Yeah, because the, the kid named him Ted after, yes. his da- after my dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. And there is a there is a golden line that we didn't touch on. That yeah, one I, wrote, that, I wrote this. The, I just took two notes because there's two things that we the, didn't the, until one, the end. That one yeah. of the line, one of the times that Howard is calling home and Jamie picks up, he's like, Jamie, where is your mom? She's and Jamie's like, oh, she's outside petting Ted. Ah, yes, yes. This yes. isn't even the line I was thinking about. So there's <laughs> Phil Hartman has this reindeer to impress like his son and like the neighborhood kids, and he's Jamie and Jamie and Arnold get in a fight. Arnold, I don't know what his name was. In the movie. Jamie and Arnold Howard, get in a fight. Howard, Howard, <laughs> Jamie and Howard get in a fight, and Jamie's all upset. He's like, my dad sucks. Blah blah blah. And this kid says. You should maybe your dad should get a divorce. It's or maybe maybe I think he says maybe your parents should get a divorce. It's done wonders for my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like this kid just knows his dad is like laying poop around the around the neighborhood. Oh god, it, it, he's he's just uh, like betting every single or married housewife uh, yeah. in, in the entire neighborhood. He's just gotta have a giant hog. That's the only <laughs> way that like maybe words like. One person slipped up and yeah. had an affair with Phil Hartman, but like the hog was so good <laughs> and big that like the other neighborhood women found out. That's the only explanation yeah. for this level of like horniness. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, so the the family heads down to the Wintertainment Parade, which I love. I love the name Wintertainment. Wintertainment. Yes, it's great. Uh, un- underrated. Newscasters. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Go, wait, Ted. Dude, what, what were you going to say? Uh, I, I was just gonna say, Wintertainment is an underrated name. I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I can't believe it hasn't been ripped off more. I, I'm gonna say it's, it's in my back pocket now. It's we need clever. a name for it's anything. Yeah, it's gonna be Wintertainment. These <laughs> newscasters, Ted and I like them very much. Very likable. Very so on the nose with their newscasting. Like they did the very much like. <laughs> yeah, and we're I, here with the Wintertainment parade. And, and I Stay remember. With us. I remember Aaron. You said like. 
uh, watching back at that scene, I don't think there was any actual joke in their dialogue. No, but the way, was, like it's not supposed to be the, funny. For the any way, reason, the way that they deliver it, and this comes back to uh, Tim. What you're saying is, I, I feel like the director is okay, good, bigger, <laughs> bigger, go where, bigger. Where, where they just read the dialogue is like a straight up newscaster before a parade, and they're like, "We're getting ready for the Wintertainment <laughs> Parade." Let's watch, and then they both like like shuffle their papers on the desk at the exact same time. Yeah, and this yeah. Is, oh yeah, it is synchronized. It's, it's right. <laughs> One of these newscasters is our second Seinfeld actor of two, and that's Phil Morris as meteorologist Gail Forrest. Yes, uh, and his first appearance in Seinfeld was in uh, 1995. So Ted and I won't get to him until season seven, episode three. Uh, that is when uh, Jackie Childs shows up. Oh, and that's man. who Bill Morris plays. We, yeah. we, we got a while before him, then. We got a while. It's going to be a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably about uh, like a year or two. <laughs> I would say that's, yeah, it might be 2021 before we meet <laughs> Jackie, but that's okay. That's okay. And, and Jackie and Mickey, I want to say, have maybe an episode together, even. Yeah, I, I, I would think yeah, so. Yeah, so that's, that's okay. kind of interesting uh, that they're working together before Jackie was even on the show. Well, I'll see you for that episode. Yeah. And before uh, before Mickey was even on the show, uh, I think no no Mickey was on in um, hang on let me look at my notes oh season five that was ninety three so yeah um, Mickey was already on the show at this point oh and Phil Morris had already been on the show at this point uh, my timeline was all messed up yeah he was on Seinfeld in ninety five and this was ninety six so he's coming off of that and it's weird to see him without a mustache I will say yeah yeah for sure I actually didn't recognize him when I saw it I, I didn't realize that that was the other oh really yeah oh not... it was in our group chat earlier. Really? Yeah. You might have just looked past the picture, but um, <laughs> I was I was keeping an eye out for him. Because when I saw the name Gale Force, I was like, oh, it's got to be a Turbo Man um, right. villain. Right. But no, it's just the <laughs> dumb name of a meteorologist. It's one of those dumb weather <laughs> names that movies think meteorologists have, but meteorologists don't actually have. No. I'm Stormy Weathers. Like, what? No, no, no meteorologist good, actually does that. Good afternoon. Movies- good afternoon. I'm Sunny Rains. Yeah, exactly. No, no meteorologist has ever done that. But for some reason, in movies, they always have to have a punny name. I don't know why. It's like the, it's like this like porno name kind of. Yeah, thing. It's yeah. Like an initiation. Like, you're a meteorologist now. You get to pick a new name. Yeah, you, you have know? to come up with a name that could work if you're a porn star or because Gail right. Forrest is a great porn star name. Right. Too, oh, one hundred percent. So is so is Sunny Rains. So is Stormy Weathers. Weathers. These okay. are all great. I so I, that's, I feel like they might actually already be porn star names. Yeah, they might be. <laughs> uh, by the way, the television station they work for, WFTC, is what I wrote down. That is a real television station still out. It's one of those My, it's My 29 out in Minneapolis, St. Paul. <laughs> and but, it, so again, it is real in Minneapolis, too? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, just like the radio station used real call letters, the TV stations do, too. Everything you see is, is real, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, and by the way, the Wintertainment Parade rules uh, yeah. because oh my the production God, value yeah. is so high. They, okay, this is another 10% of the movie. It's them, <laughs> it's them showing licensed characters. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes of watching Sonic the Hedgehog and Donatello dance. Yeah, and, and the, like, tick, the original Tick yeah, from the cartoon, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved it. When I, when I saw the Tick, I was like, this is a great, this is a great parade. A great parade. <laughs> the Cat in the Hat. Uh, oh, I, that's what I, I wrote this down. I wrote down Cat in the Hat because it's one of my favorite sequences. The Cat in the Hat. And the, so one of the kids, Jake Lloyd and, and uh, his friend are watching the parade. And one of them says, the Cat in the Hat. And then they both go, yeah. And they do a high five. 
<laughs> now, okay, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I gotta say, now that we, now that we are in the parade, Tim, I, I know you said like, okay, yes, this is an awful Christmas movie, uh, but it, it does, it does have, it, it does have a soft spot for both Aaron and myself. Uh, I will admit, the movie falls uh, irrevocably apart in this parade scene. Interesting. It only gets better. <laughs> You just uh, don't understand the vision. Do you mean <laughs> because we end up with like uh, in a big fight scene, or why? Because I hated a, a specific sequence of this part I, as well. I mean, I, I'll, I'll mention it when we get to it, but okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess yeah. It, it, it all but happens a, in this scene. From a plot point perspective, there, yeah, a lot of things do come unraveled. Uh, <laughs> Ted, and, Ted and I made some. Well, we'll get there as quick as we can. Then, so Arnold sees the gray-haired cop again, who now has bandages over his hands because of the bomb uh, situation, and he gets away from him. And the guy runs into the back of a bus, and he hides in a uh, uh, a warehouse. But then some uh, guy, like a, a an indie director type guy, with like uh, I don't know what characters <laughs> they were going for. Yeah, but again, go bigger. That's right, all we. Right. That's all we do. Uh, grabs him, and they start like you know dressing him in something. And as the audience, it's pretty easy to figure out what's going to go on. But um, and uh, you know he he starts walking towards the uh, the float that he's going to be on, and, and we see Curtis Armstrong, yeah, as as Booster, uh, the great Curtis Armstrong, a, a, an amazing character actor who I want to say I always get him mixed up with Clint Howard, who we have seen in the Seinfeld universe. I don't think Curtis Armstrong appears in an episode of Seinfeld, but doesn't seem like he should have been in one. It would make sense, yeah, like it, it that seems like a cameo. That's it would have made total yeah, sense. His, his voice almost seems tailor made for a, a, like a bit character in Seinfeld. Yeah, but I, Curtis Armstrong's in a ton of movies that I love. Uh, Better Off Dead. He worked with John Cusack a yeah. lot. He did um, uh, uh, the One Crazy Summer. Uh, it's another great one. Um, but I don't think he ever did. Um, oh, he was Booger, of course, in um, that movie Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, uh, that one he played yeah. Booger in. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he, it doesn't went, look like he, he ever did an episode of Seinfeld, unfortunately. He went from playing Booger to Booster. Yeah, um, and. By the way, he I don't know why they needed this line, but he said, oh, thank goodness you're here. I've been sweating like a dog in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So Yikes. maybe it's not as woke. Uh, <laughs> cancel. I Yikes. mean, Guys, why? Why yeah. do we need that joke? If, if Arnold's not canceled for multiple <laughs> sexual harassment allegations, this might do that. This might be the name <laughs> Curtis Armstrong is canceled. <laughs> I do like that his so like so it is obviously is like revealed that they have dressed Arnold in a Turbo Man. Right, outfit. right. Um, and he is going to be playing Turbo Man in the parade. Um, I do like that Curtis Armstrong's character like several times while they're on the parade float. It's like clear Arnold doesn't know what he's doing, and Curtis Armstrong like over and over again and is like. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, it's, it's basically, it's like, I'm the character that's always like, come on. Like, this is what you have to be. He's like, he's like, what are you doing up here? You gotta wait. So then he's like, waving. <laughs> and he's like, it's like, like, at no point does he put together that this person's not the person that's supposed to be on the float. He's just like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Do you think that, um, well, because they thought he was just the fill-in. Yeah, yeah. But he, it never occurs to him that like, wow, right. this guy. It's totally clueless. Yeah. yeah. Um, but do you think that was, do you think they had Curtis Armstrong for like, a day, and they got him without the helmet, and then, or do you think that was Curtis Armstrong oh, in the booster yeah. outfit? I I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, um, man. I think they just had Curtis Armstrong for the day. There's no way that Curtis Armstrong is taking, like, the fall off of the float onto a street. It, even yeah, even yeah. if, even if like, he's landing on a crash pad, there's no way he's doing that stunt. Yeah, so I, it, I think you're probably right. Um, they, they wouldn't make Curtis Armstrong 
stick around and do all that. There's no, it's not necessary. Um, we do get, so when Arnold is, you know, Turbo Man and we realize the big reveal, you know, he, he comes up through the float and there's a weird, like David Lynchian clip of the cop with bandages on his hands, waving and smiling. It was like <laughs> something out of blue velvet. I swear it was like the most, and it, I, I it looks. I thought it was hallucinating. At first. Everyone I was like, loves Turbo Man. Yeah, and I guess that's why. But like, also, why did the cop with bandages on his hands have to be on the float? And also, he had just gotten knocked out by running into the back of a bus. Right. And yet, and there he is. That's why it was so weird. I was like, is is that real? I was like, or is that so, is that Arnold's fever dream that he thinks like director's vision, director's vision, director's yeah. vision, <laughs> um, and I thought that was really weird. And so we get, you know, he's got to pick a kid out of the crowd to get a, a special edition Turbo Man doll. And he sees Jamie. And for some reason, Jamie doesn't recognize his dad. Like, his dad <laughs> is the only six foot two Austrian in Minneapolis. This, this is yeah, a 10 nice big problem. Yeah, and it. like, uh, Turbo Man's mask does not cover up Howard's face at no. all. Like, at Jamie, all. See Jamie can he, totally oh. see his entire chin, his his very chiseled chin. He can see all of his eyes because it's just a thin, like, orange veil. He can, he can definitely talk in an Austrian accent. Yes. yes literally, the <laughs> only thing that you can't see is his hair, which, yeah, he, you know, <laughs> obviously his most recognizable feature. Yes. Um, that, yeah, and it's, like, not even just that he doesn't recognize him on the float. It's that, like, with, without going too forward or whatever, or we'll get to it. But it's just like when he speaks to his son in the Turbo Man costume, it, it up is close and personal. Not only does his son not recognize him, his wife doesn't recognize him. Right. It, it like, is. It is Howard's voice. Like it is not Turbo Man's voice. It is not disguise. It is Jamie. I would like you to have this Turbo Man doll. It is yeah, Howard's your father, voice. Your father misses you. <laughs> you are a very special child. Yeah, and, and yeah, not even, so you could like, maybe the kid got like caught up in the moment and just right. isn't even thinking about that. He's holding the doll and he's holding <laughs> his Christmas present and he's talking to his hero. But like, yeah, Rita Wilson doesn't need, yeah, yeah no why idea. is she so easily fooled? Yeah. Um, and there's a point, uh, so Sinbad ends up uh, rearing his ugly head once again and he knocks out this guy that was supposed to be playing Dementor and uh, start and dresses up as him and sails down to the float and tries to steal the doll from Jamie. And at one point, Booster gets kicked off the float. We've already mentioned that. Get thrown, get thrown off the float. Did you guys hear what I heard? Yes. yes. Are you? <laughs> we crossed our I, I immediately. All right, that's three people then. We rewound it several times, and then we put the subtitles on. It did not, in the subtitles, uh, it came up. At, so the thing that we heard, without the, like repeating the thing that we heard, was somebody had a line where they used the, like, the bad F word, not the F word that everybody knows and loves. A, a gay slur. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you, so it was like, it was like, uh, I don't even know. Like It goes, it, it says, we don't like you. Okay. So when you have the subtitles <laughs> on, it just says, we don't like you, Booster. Yeah, I did the same yeah. thing. Well, well, there's, I, there, there's multiple kids. There's multiple kids. One of them says, we don't like you, but we don't like you, Booster. And one of them's like, yeah. And I think he says, yeah, we hate you, F-A, you know, you know. Yeah, I, wrote down, I wrote down, we don't like you, uh, the thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, like, okay. It, and, and it's. It is like an actual line in the movie. Okay. And what's bizarre to me is that like you had to because you have you have you have several children in this scene like kick, fight hitting a mascot whatever. 
you make the decision to mic like one or two of them, <laughs> like specifically to get their like their line. It's probably worse than that. It, it's probably ADR. They probably right. were like, "All right, now let's go drop in what they're gonna say. Make sure you put that gay slur in." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah right. There's no like they had the opportunity to be like, "This is a terrible decision," and they like, definitely did it on purpose. God, <laughs> is this a director's cut thing or is this a um? Or was this? Because I wonder if that line was in the theatrical cut. It is. Hmm. Let me let me do some a quick, quick Google search. I I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I was like, surely, uh, surely the. I guess it does sound like Booster, which no, it definitely does not. Yeah, I'll I'll have to give Grace the credit on this because uh, when we were watching it, she's the one who heard it. I totally like glanced over it. And she's like, oh. wait, take it back. Did they just say what I think they said? I'm like, wait, what? I, I missed it. And it's then we took and we took it back and I'm like, oh, that's that's clear as day. Yeah. This it is also in the theatrical cut. What? Um, wow. This article is titled Jingle All the Way, more like Jingle Anti-Gay. Oh, oh good lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and going back to Curtis Armstrong line, jingle anti-Asian. Uh, so, someone's <laughs> that's my, new, someone's that's my put, new piece for Vice. Look for it soon. Someone's putting their journalism degree to good use. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I'm I'm uh, I, I am glad I'm not the only one that heard that, but I'm disappointed in the movie just for that fact. Um, and no '90s kids movie is complete without uh, someone getting kicked in the nuts, which is what Jake Lloyd does to uh, Sinbad dressed as Dementor. And uh, is there anything else we want to mention in this uh, this final fight sequence? Uh, well, the, I, you know, the, you know they, Jake Lloyd ends up getting chased around. People think it's part of the show. He goes up to the top of a building. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, I think we have to touch on the fact that uh, the effects are so good. Well, yes, I the, the effects hated are incredible. The jetpack sequence. I, I was going to say. Hated. I was going to say we have to touch on the fact that Jake Lloyd is running away from Myron as Dementor, and his mom is trying to catch up to him, and the cop, thinking this kid, who is not part of the show, who Turbo Man handed this doll to, who this one actor is chasing through the crowd, out of the parade, on a fire escape, <laughs> yeah. is still part of the show, and it's stops his show, mom. Lady. He's like, it's just a show, lady, as they're <laughs> climbing up the fire escape. That's my favorite character in any movie, is like, cop that cop not doing their job and being like, <laughs> being like yeah okay like getting a, getting a call at the police station they're like there's like people in suits flying around like, yeah okay yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Flying around. <laughs> okay yeah I'd like, to, I'd like to report a murder okay yeah sure, sure. And it's like uh what the the, the chief wiggum bit he's like yeah, okay yeah. i'm gonna type that up right now oh <laughs> you say you're being robbed okay we'll send someone <laughs> right out Love it. So here's something interesting about the parade scene that I just learned, that the parade scenes were shot in California, but for some reason they <laughs> still felt the need to use all of the Minneapolis TV station imagery. Like, why not what? just... Why even brand it at all? Well, why? this director <laughs> pays a lot of attention. Commitment, to commitment yeah. <laughs> well, I want to know what his love for Minneapolis is. Or, or maybe it is the fact <laughs> that, like, he got so many tax breaks for filming in Minneapolis. The, that, yeah. that that was just part of the deal for like the state of Minnesota. I am not sure. Um, I'm looking to see if uh, there's any reason. <laughs> no, not that I can see. <laughs> Nothing. But, you okay. Know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No. It just says. Uh, it just says they they filmed like everywhere down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, additional. Oh, listen to this. The the city's 
Holla Dazzle Parade is renamed the Wintertainment Parade and uh, and takes place on 2nd Avenue during the day rather than Nicolette Mall at night. I don't know what that means. Oh, I guess in the in the movie, I guess the, the parade takes place at night if you're actually right. in Minneapolis. But did he really like... The parade, was filmed the, the, the parade was filmed at Universal Studios Hollywood, and they literally built 2nd Avenue in Minneapolis on <laughs> for some reason. Like, why? Oh, my God. Well, are, are, commitment. You, are you sure they didn't just use the back lot and just, like, hang, like, signage to make it look like Minneapolis? I, I'm sure they yeah. didn't rebuild everything to make it look like Minneapolis. Because if you just have, like, the TV sign that says, oh, yeah, this is this station in Minneapolis, and then maybe, like, another store, you can just use the back lot and you're fine. That's probably why it says the set was designed to resemble Second Avenue. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and then they actually stitched it into matte shots of the real-life street when they needed, like, bigger bigger shots of it to make it look like it was actually Minneapolis. Guys, there's a film I love called Prometheus. And in Roger Ebert's four-star review of Prometheus... He says that this is like a classic sci-fi film because the more you look into it, the more questions you have. Nothing really gets answered. It builds a lot of mythology. And I'd like to just take a second. to Maybe we're thinking too much about like the, 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 the big picture of Jingle All the Way. And maybe like this is a film that it asks as many questions as it answers. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's a deeper mythology here that I think we're missing. So did we? We've we've kind of touched on it. Do we need to talk at length about how I hated the jetpack sequence? Oh like, my I god! Really yeah, the I I feel like, and this is what I was alluding to earlier: the jetpack scene and all of the effects and even the sound effects to this point are so unbearable. It it just becomes so much. I mean, I thought it was impressive that they that he did the actual jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't believe they got a real actual jetpack for Arnold Schwarzenegger to fly over uh, Minneapolis <laughs> and Universal over, Studios Hollywood over rear projected uh, images of the Twin Cities. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I Clearly, can't I can't believe they uh, filmed him flying an actual jetpack in a room of green screens. I feel like they could have just green screened the whole thing. He he he, uh, he clearly like doesn't know what he's doing or how to fly. And then at one point he says, just out of nowhere, like he goes from not knowing at all what he's doing and flying in random directions to being like, I think I'm getting the hang of this. And he just <laughs> immediately knows how to fly. And, and like, like it's totally fine. It goes zero to 60. And then at one point too, when he like, his son uh, falls off of a, a hanging, like a, like a flagpole or something. Um, his son is falling off of a building and he flies in to, to save his son. He takes his hands off of the jetpacks, the buttons, the boosters. Yeah. It's basically on autopilot. Like he's figured out a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, that's uh, and that's basically all I have for the movie that you know the kid gets the Turbo Man doll. Um, I don't know what do we need to say about the end. He uh, gives I, it to Sinbad. Oh yeah, yeah, he does give it to Sinbad. Uh, yeah, for his for his kid, and he was like, he was like, my dad is Turbo Man. Oh yeah, I, I got the real thing. Yeah, which uh, I, I we also like. Uh, largely glanced over uh, Ted trying to uh, very very hardcore like make a move on Rita Wilson yeah, at the goes parade for it. at the parade yeah. like in a very in a, public in a setting crowded, in a crowded parking lot <laughs> yeah, a mini very much tries to have sex with Rita Wilson and he also <laughs> tries to give her eggnog that is like very clearly been tampered with he he makes a point of saying here have this non-alcoholic <laughs> eggnog and she refuses like three times and he's like no drink it and like, what is happening here? 
I, I actually didn't pick up on that. I thought it was really non-alcoholic, but I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what what would uh, why else would he really like hammer the point and be like, here, have some of this non-alcoholic eggnog? You're right. I don't I know. Thought, I, I I thought it fit in with your Flanders uh, comment, Ted. I was like, yeah, he is like the Ned Flanders. You maybe. Know, he, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, God. And, and then like he takes forever to find his family. So like I I, I want to believe that Rita Wilson, like, not succumbing to Ted's advances, just led uh, Ted to just, like, I don't know, jerk off in his car. Oh, no. Like, yeah. in, in a very public setting. Because he takes, like, another 30 minutes to find his child, and he is yeah. still covered in eggnog. Yeah, somebody was like, you smell like puke. And I was like, eggnog doesn't smell like puke. Yeah. I, think. I mean, I guess if it's, like, sitting on you for a while, plus he's probably covered in other bits because he's in his <laughs> it. Um... So, uh, yeah, and then we get we do have a post-credit sequence. Did you guys stick around through the credits? No, no really? What? Yeah, no, like a credit sequence. A couple of jingle heads like us oh don't even know about the, the Marvel post-credits. Yeah, so oh Arnold is putting the, tree on, uh, putting the star on top of the tree, and then Rita goes, Rita Oh, Wilson, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Rita Wilson's like, uh, oh, um, you know, you go to so much trouble for him, I, you know, I, it just makes me wonder, what did you get me? And then we get the smash zoom to Arnold's face. Oh my God, I did it again oh. again for Rita Wilson. He's off. His face is so good. I rewound it and I paused it like on his face. It's I want to make it my Twitter profile picture, my cover photo. I love it. His face is so good. I, did, I didn't pick up on how good his face was. Yeah, because it, it echoes back to an earlier scene where, you know, Rita Wilson tells him about the doll and it zooms right. on his face again or whatever. So... Um, yeah, he didn't get anything for her, so I guess that. But that's not the plot of Jingle All the Way Too. There is a Jingle All the Way Too. If you jingle yes. that, we so, okay. So oh, Ted and I, I would like I would like to formally announce that Ted and I have made a vow to watch um, every Larry um, the Cable Guy film. Um, we went, we watched the trailer for it, which you, there is not one. There is a thirty-second spot. Yeah, it's like when Fox did these like straight to DVD releases. They would release like a thirty-second clip of the movie. That's basically the trailer. We watched that. Then we watched the trailer for Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. Then we watched the trailer for Delta Farce. Oh, I think you're also forgetting the trailer for uh, The Tooth Fairy 2. The Tooth Fairy 2. Oh, my God. And what I've gathered, what's very interesting to me, is Larry the Cable Guy plays Larry the Cable Guy in every movie. Yes, because every every, Oh, you're kidding me. Every movie. is Larry, and, like, he wears the same clothes and everything. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like he's just everywhere at it, once. Yes, every movie his name is Larry. Every movie oh he's got God. his camo hat with his gold fish hook. Every single movie. I, I yeah, think the, the I think the only one. I think it's the a, only movie he's in that he doesn't like play a guy named Larry with like a, a, a sleeveless flannel and a camo hat is Cars. Yeah, yeah, but even that, even that, even that has get her done though, and it has a hat on. Isn't he kind of wearing a, a hat? Isn't that? Truck, I think so. Right? Kind of wearing a hat. Do know, they make it look like he's wearing a hat. We're gonna of. we're gonna skip cars and our Larry the Cable Guy viewing because they're clearly the worst of the Larry. The <laughs> you Cable should definitely watch Cars too because that is all about Larry the Cable Guy's character, isn't it? I've never seen it. I have no idea, but I think it's all about <laughs> Toe Mater. Um, I did. I had one thing. The one thing. The other part that made me laugh that we missed. Uh, before they go to the toy store with the the fantastic ping pong ball chasing somebody runs through him and Sinbad are talking and somebody runs past them and in a hurry just yells like 
toy store on whatever street is giving out an extra turbo mantle. Like at like it's just such a <laughs> there's it's such a cool like bizarre coincidence movie thing. Yeah. To have a person run by and like reference the exact thing you're having a conversation about right when he passes you for no reason, just being like, You gotta get to the toy store. <laughs> and why would that guy tell anybody? Right. Exactly. There's fewer like, people that are there. I love it. <laughs> like it's well, why, so weird. why would you not keep that to yourself if uh, Turbo Man is like as hot of a doll, is as hot of a toy as everyone is saying it is. You would want to be the only one there. What? Can, right. And the the fact that he's screaming it as he's running by Howard and Myron makes me uh, assume that he is running and screaming that the entire time <laughs> that he everyone. is running, like from the time that he figures it out to the time that he gets to his car. So he's just like. They're giving away Turbo Man dolls! 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 It's such a lazy set. It reminds me of the bit in Wayne's World 2 when they're crossing the street and there's people stacking watermelons and carrying glass. They're like, why are you doing this? He's like, well, it's our job to carry this glass panel across the street. And it's our job to stack these watermelons right here. Yeah. You got to wonder if that's going to pay off later. Right. Yeah. That's 100% like what it is. I think we may have a Joker situation. I think this guy just is an agent of chaos. And like, I don't even know if he knew what he was saying was true. It happens to be. But I think he just wants to see a mob like trample each other. Oh, my God. I think he's like, we know Arnold exists in the Batman universe. You know what? It, is, it is weird because the character was played by Walking Phoenix and makeup. Exactly right. <laughs> They're giving away Turbo Man dolls. They're giving away Turbo Man dolls. So men just want to watch the world burn. That's what's going on. Um, so that's basically, how would you guys feel about Joe Pesci instead of Sinbad in this movie? Because that's who they wanted. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. When was Home I, Alone? Uh... When's Home Alone? And Home Alone 2? Like when um, years are... are... I don't know. I... I feel like I want to say it's a lot earlier. I want to say that's like '92 or something. But I didn't know. It was like Chris Columbus produced this movie. A guy named yeah. Brian Levant directed it. Um, but Columbus had like a ton of input as a producer. Yeah, Home Alone was 1990. Home Alone 2 is 1992. So okay. I just didn't know if there was any kind of like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what was uh, what was Joe Pesci doing at this time? Was he already doing My Cousin Vinny? Mm, good question. Joe Pesci in 1996. Let's see. Um, he was... Maybe he uh, was just, like, unavailable, and they went with Sinbad instead. In 95, he did Casino, so he might have been filming with... He might have been filming that when they were filming this, and maybe it just didn't work out or something, but he didn't do anything in 96. In 97, he did Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag and Gone Fishing. Yeah. Hmm. So he was definitely on the the downward, (laughs) uh, you know... Trend with of the, his career at that with point. the star power that this movie launched, Joe Pesci made an obvious career mistake. I mean, it's crazy to me because he hasn't been in a movie since. Yeah, I know? don't know why Pesci wasn't able to do it. Because I know that Columbus, Chris Columbus is the one that wanted Joe Pesci. And um, and they ended up, uh, let me see, Sinbad was chosen instead, partly due to a similar height and size to Schwarzenegger. Interesting. Arnold Schwarzenegger is 6'2", in case you're curious. I looked that up because it's one of the things I wanted to mention that mm. Jamie doesn't recognize about his own dad, the 6'2", <laughs> Austrian. Um, but... Uh, uh, it, did say, it does say Sinbad improvised the majority of his lines in the film, and Schwarzenegger improvised many of his responses in his conversations with Sinbad's character, since they couldn't, you know, necessarily. So it was very Curb Your Enthusiasm-style filming like, with, uh, like with that. So tying it back in wow, to the so, Seinfeld universe. And I know we, in discussing uh, the movie to do for this uh, this special, uh, we, we, we landed on Jingle All the Way has probably the loosest connection to Seinfeld out of any Christmas movie. 
but <laughs> it, it surprisingly has a lot more in common than we even thought. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think we've definitely found that out. This um, was definitely the weirdest episode of Seinfeld I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Did Jerry you know that, wasn't um, anywhere to be found. Kramer didn't show up once. <laughs> they sued, uh, Fox was sued by Murray Hill Publishing for a paltry $150,000, claiming that the idea for the film was stolen from a screenplay they had purchased from a high school teacher called Could This Be Christmas? And the script had 36 similarities with Jingle All the Way, including the plot, <laughs> dialogue, and character names. Um, and Fox was found guilty of stealing the idea and actually ordered to pay $19 million, $15 million in damages and $4 million in legal costs um, with the high school teacher receiving a portion of that, which is kind of interesting. On appeal, the damages figure was lowered to $1.5 million before the verdict itself was quashed in 2004 after a judge decided the idea was not stolen. As Fox had bought this the screenplay for Jingle All the Way before he or anybody at Fox has, had read Could This Be Christmas. How they decided that, I don't know. It sounds like Fox probably was like, well, we could lose $1.5 million or we could buy a judge yeah. for... One million. You know, <laughs> that sounds like probably what happened. When you get a script as good as Jingle All the Way, it's hard not to steal it. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was lots of Benjamins to be made. Obviously, um, did you guys? How do you guys feel about the film's sixteen percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> Upset, disappointed. Yeah, um, I would, would like a recount. I yeah, totally I, disagree with the reading. It says citing its uneven tone that does not balance slapstick and satire well. I totally disagree. With yeah, that. I, I, I think I, I think the the Rotten Tomato score definitely needs to be higher. All right, how do we how do we get the trolls on this? How do we get people to brigade Rotten Tomatoes and give it all <laughs> give, give it all the one? <laughs> I gave this a four and a half star out of five rating on Letterbox, and I'm not even <laughs> we, I have no stake in it. We, we need to figure out a way to invoke the same trolls that were giving uh, Wonder Woman negative reviews before, like it even opened for press screenings. Exactly. Yeah. We'll get the new men on. He's like, how yes, dare they, they make a superhero be a woman? <laughs> you know. It, this uh, this movie was also the third and final collaboration between Sinbad and Phil Hartman. They were also in Coneheads and Houseguest. Whoa. Yeah, and this was the last film featuring Hartman to be released during his lifetime. How about oh, that? Oh, man. We yeah. had a note to go out on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just a horny legend. Yep. Um, and so I guess that's all I got. Yeah, I, 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 I can't say I have anything more, really. <laughs> Aaron, right. Aaron, did you have anything else? Well, that was our discussion about Jingle All the Way. Now we can move into the Jingle All the Way two portion of the podcast <laughs> next year, hopefully. Uh, if only I'm, I'm. I've never been more thankful that there is not a Seinfeld actor in Jingle All the Way two. <laughs> no, but there is another WWE wrestler uh, who I, I know. We're in uh, in wa- trying to find the trailer on YouTube, oh we we found a behind the scenes video produced by WWE. And uh, I'll say the wrestler's name is Santino Morella, and he is a Canadian guy whose character is that of an Italian guy. And the behind the scenes, he's using his Italian dialect that he does not actually speak in in real life. And in the video, he's saying, uh, I, I'm not going to try and do the Italian dialect. Do it. But, do it. Uh, but he's like, but this is the accent. <laughs> he's like, it, it was so hard to use my American accent in this movie. And and I I told Aaron about like, uh, he's not actually Italian. So what you see in Jingle All the Way Two is his real voice, and this is a this fake accent. Blew my mind. It blew his mind. <laughs> This was like a Rubik's Cube of <laughs> horror. Like it, it, seeing some, seeing an Italian, what I think is an Italian man, talk about how good his American accent is, and then 
realizing that everything the script has been flipped on me uh, just drove me bonkers. That Larry the Cable Guy, he making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He does literally. He's like. He's like, if there's, he's like, if there's a jingle all the way three and Larry the Cable Guy's in it, I'll be in it too. Like if this dude oh loves Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, all Everybody right. Everybody watch that that video. That video is just as good as. This. Uh, all right. So I guess that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm gonna it. get back into my child costume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> I you for... think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just gonna like hang like this for a while. <laughs> Sounds good. It's, it's your nap time. You know that yeah. young man. Oh. Yeah. Love it. You're so funny. yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll just finish wiping down the counters. Uh, we have a lot of counter space in uh, in both of our world headquarters. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because they always have to be wiped down at Christmas. Yeah, and we only wipe them down at Christmas. They are yeah. really dirty throughout yeah. the rest of the year. But I, I'll tell you, December twenty sixth, like through like the beginning of the year, they are spotless. Yep, that's when they're the cleanest. So, all right, no one else does anything else. No, nope. I should probably go wipe. Some count. What counters in the house need wiped out? <laughs> All of them. Is, is there was there other counters that need wiped? Do you need to plug anything, Aaron Mook? Uh, uh yes. Um, at Vance Mook on Twitter, and also I'm putting out a record. Uh, this year, I guess this will be out, and then it'll be January. Um, there is not a set date for it yet, but it is going to be late January, early February. I know you. You've um, uh, you've got the singles on Spotify already, right? The singles are on Spotify. The band is called Crooner. Um, the singles are called Count on You and Seasons. Um, and I'm yeah, I'm just very, very proud of them. Very excited. Um, got to work with some really awesome creative people on it. And so if you want to check those out and check out the record when it comes out, um, it would make me very happy. The record is called We're Going to Live Forever. Um, so yeah, uh, keep, keep an eye out for that. And thank you for listening. All right. For and for No Hugging No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good.